This is the story of a girl. Welcome to Only Girls, a girl pod for your girl squad. I'm Sarah Gorman. And I'm Natalia Rodas. And on this podcast, we take a piece of pop culture with the word girl in the name and discuss how it relates to modern womanhood. Girls, girls only. Hey guys, welcome back. This week we are continuing our final conversation on Funny Girl. Um, so we'll just jump right into it. I did like also it's this is a vice article we can put in the notes. They did go a little bit deeper saying that Streisand's characters also tend to be outsiders and not always because of their Jewish identity. It's kind of a running theme in her films that the protagonists alienation from other women and they rarely seem to have female friends and they go kind of through that's interesting yeah they go through her her filmography or whatever and talk about how those are uh how that's portrayed and he said that um fanny feels like a brown clad ugly duckling when surrounded by colorfully dressed all american zigfield girls um and then they he talks about yentl and um other other movies but i thought that 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 was an astute observation too where it's like what are the dynamics with her and other women in her film yeah the way we were she doesn't really have friends Mm -hmm. either it's like his friends and she doesn't like them Mm -hmm. and then that's like part of why their relationship breaks up yeah I mean when it comes to funny girl I think you said it where it's like when your girlfriends are like hey don't do it about her running off when you yeah, like I found that I so frustrating. Like, I was like, listen to them. But yeah, I mean I think it's it definitely speaks to something that a lot of her most iconic roles are like very much defined by her romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. And that for one speaks to the era mm-hmm. where she was making movies. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something about power power dynamics in her movies where yeah. like in Funny Girl we there's that conflict there of her being the more successful person in Yentl, there's like a ton there that I almost wonder if it's like a permeation of like the not like other girls dynamic. Like oh, she's this thing. like unique Jewish gal who has opinions <laughs> and she's different than all the other girls out there. So yeah. she can't get along with them. Like, yeah, the way we were, it's like, he's this very preppy, mm-hmm. like white bread guy. And she's this very academic intellectual mm-hmm student who like he falls for and it's very much seen as like she's not like the other girls he's been with or like who he's supposed to be with and yeah fanny bryce too is like you know not like the other zigfield girls Mm -hmm. and yentl obviously wasn't like other girls she she pretended (laughs) to be a man to go to school so it's like like interesting it's like it's just further like othering of a woman who's not like white I mean, she's white, who's not, like, blonde and yeah. blue-eyed and and conventionally Christian, I guess. I don't know. Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. I don't know the word, right terms for, for it. Um, also, but yeah. yeah, this article says, only in A Star is Born does Streisand escape having to justify or prove her sex appeal. Yeah. Isn't that? And she's still defined by her relationship with a man yes. in that movie. yes. Yeah, and then, so meanwhile, the bombshells of her generation, the Faye Dunaways and Jane Fondas, more often got to live happily ever after, or at least die in some romantic, tragic way at the end of their movies. Um, they never had to use their singing voices or chutzpah to convince men 
or the public of their worthiness. When men cheat on or leave Streisand's characters, it's often taken, it's often to take refuge from her intensity. Yeah, well, that's what, um, it's like the example that they use on Sex in the City mm. um, mm-hmm. when Carrie, Mr. Big, ends up with like Natasha, who was like the younger model after Carrie. Who did and, Coke in the bathroom. Yeah, who did Coke in the bathroom. <laughs> but it's like she's so seen as like, you know, the the obvious choice. Yeah. Like the sort of like expected choice for like an older finance guy. And they literally, the girls talk about the way we were as like Carrie was like too like had too many emotions and complications and like wild curly hair and like just like Barbara and the way mm-hmm. we were and at the end, she like goes and sees him marrying the the other girl and tells her like your girl is lovely Hubble like basically like she's she went. simple yeah. and easier and perfectly lovely whereas I am too complicated much. and too much and I feel like that is projected onto a lot of her characters and also like kind of projected onto Jewish women in general mm-hmm. as a stereotype yeah. and also projected onto Barbara as a figure. Yes. Like she's like, Oh, she's so political. It's she's too so political. much. She's, she's such a diva. diva. Sorry. Yeah, all if of that. I had that money, I would have a basement. What is her house? It's like, a, it has a mall in the basement. Mall. It's not like a real mall. She like built a her basement stores. to mm-hmm. keep all of her luxury goods and the look like storefronts of a mall. Yeah. It's all like, And she has ice cream down there. Do you know? Sounds amazing. It, I would do the same. One of my favorite Barbara moments um, was her, and I saw this when I was younger, was her um, on Oprah. Oh my God. In her like all white. And um, I, I, read that, I read that the microphone was black and she had somebody go and spray paint it white. Amazing. And then Oprah like on the air after she like saying or whatever was like, did you spray my microphone white? And she was like, yeah, it didn't matter. That is amazing. I read this article from the New York times uh-huh. called Barbara Streisand sets the record straight. Mm-hmm. And even at the end, there's this whole little paragraph <laughs> of corrections that were personally sent in by Barbara. It says, Ugh, I went here the cover article this weekend about Barbara Streisand's efforts to define her legacy, including her determination to correct even the tiniest errors about her life. Contains several errors. And it's like, <laughs> it says that, like, she met Judy Garland when she was in her late 20s, but really she was in her early 20s. But listen, and, like, control your all narrative. All these things, yeah. And, like, the playwright was named Jonathan Tolins, not Jonathan Toland. And, like, she sent them, like, she's very meticulous. meticulous. And, yeah. like, I appreciate it, especially when you're writing a legacy about how she's trying to define her legacy and you're getting her legacy wrong. Like I'd be pissed off too. And people have probably been like dismissing her and like rewriting her story for so long that like, and I don't know. I feel like now we're probably like a little bit more accepting of like a diva. Like I feel like everyone celebrates like, Oh, Beyonce is such a perfectionist, like all of that. But I think in Barbara's time, I mean, I think of Jane Fonda, too. She got so much shit for being political. And even now, like, I feel like people like conservatives, if you mention Barbara Streisand or Jane Fonda, they're like, but we're much more used. They opened the door for celebrities now to be as political as they are. And it wasn't easy for them like it is now. No. And I feel like I also think when when you bring up Beyonce, like how she is so serious about having her personal life 
Mm-hmm. Like she has her own world, I'm sure, built around right. her um, because, I don't know, she's an artist and she wants to speak to the public that way. I mean, aside from her documentary, but. Yeah, well, um, she doesn't like, well, her documentaries are like all produced by her. It's like yeah. what she wants us to see. And you should control your. Right. I I think that that's totally reasonable. And guess what? I would be proofreading it too and right <laughs> just that person and i just feel like yeah i think jewish women are often written off as like difficult women and mm-hmm. like because they're not like i don't know complacent within like christian yeah. norms or just grateful to be in the same like right sphere. and also like historically have like gone through enough shit that they're not like gonna like be complacent bit. in life <laughs> yeah. so yeah um yeah i just i think even now that gets projected onto barbara and and other women um i agree. compared to other like you know traditional divas like it's faye dunaway is like just as diva but blonde and beautiful so but they people call her yeah. crazy, right? Well, that's true too. Yeah. Now they call her crazy, yeah, because of the La La Land. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's fucking, true. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, this is also like we call all older women crazy. Exactly. So that's a whole other layer. That's a whole... Like if you're older, then you're senile and crazy, and like, <sighs> yeah. No, I think it's really cool. And I cranky. read a little, yeah, cranky, <laughs> like bitch, whatever. Yeah, I read about you know her early life and just like it is. It, she really does, like, as a person, have a ton of similarities with Fanny, where she was just, mm-hmm. like, relentless. She didn't want to be a singer. She wanted to be an actress. Mm-hmm. And I I saw that, like, she had to sing for a show or something, or she was running out of auditions, and so she sang for something, and they were like, um, you should be sing, like, you should be a singer, too. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because, like, you said the thing about the other actresses didn't have to do that. It's almost like she had to use her singing as like a leg up totally. to break her way in because it was like what would get her noticed versus other women getting noticed just by like their looks or like yeah. their ability to be an ingenue. Definitely. And having to be just like kind of shove your creativity down everyone's throats <laughs> kind right. of. Like I also think You have of to like, be 20 times as talented I think than the white Dunham, girls. Who yeah. writes it, who produces it, who like Oh yeah, if she it. wasn't writing her own work, she wouldn't have work. You know? Right, like, like she if, just wouldn't. Yeah. yeah, and that's something that she acknowledges, right. you know? So it is like that whole whole thing of just like, okay, well, I have to create the content that's not there. Well, not even and- thinking <laughs> of all of these like older actresses. Sorry. sorry. Like Reese Witherspoon and things who are now like starting their own production companies yeah. and like writing things because there's like, there was nothing written for women over 40 in Hollywood. So like, I'm going to make big little lies and like make it for me and like my friends. And my dad, who is a mega fan. (laughs) Just (laughs) kidding. I had to pull it out. That's amazing. But yeah, it's like, if she weren't creating the content, like would Laura Dern be working as much as she is now? And that's a goddamn shame. Except she'd be playing like the mom and things. Was she the one that was in... That one show that... Uh, Enlightened. Yeah. Enlightened is so it's good. so good. Such... It was ahead his, of its time. It was ahead of its time. If it came out now, it would be revolution. At the time, it was like a quiet thing no one watched. And it's so good. Please go back and watch it. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I loved it so much. <laughs> Me too. Speaking on that topic, I was reading about Barbara Streisand. I actually wanted to make 
Yentl right after Funny Girl. Yeah, she didn't? Um, or was it? A- it was it's not till like 20 years later. Or like, shoot, no, she, you're right. She, she wanted to make it right after Funny Girl. And I forget what article it was, but I was reading that she like proposed making it. Yeah. And she, like right away. And people were like, think like some producer was like, you just played a Jewish woman and now you want to play a Jewish man. And she's like, like that's yes. not going to work. And, and so it took, her God. Like, <laughs> it took her like 15 years, 20 years to like finally get that made in like the 80s. Damn. Um. Because she had to, like, really push and prove herself extra more to, like, have be trusted to tell a story that she wanted to tell. That's, and I feel like she doesn't get enough credit. Like, she directed that. She I, directed The Prince of Tides. Like, yeah. she directs and, like, made her own content when there wasn't a space for her. That's what I'm saying. Like, she's she's done it since she was a kid. And mm-hmm. she also had the, the criticism from her support system who was, like, you know, like... You don't look like the girls out there. And mm-hmm. she did, like Fanny did, was like, all right, well, I'm going to hustle my ass off. I am worth it. I am beautiful. I am, you know, talented. And just, like, not realizing how important and profound her being somebody who creates content for people like her, you know? Right. Um, and we talk, we've talked about that with other ethnicities and marginalized groups. Even now, if you yeah. pitched Gentle, I think that would be very hard to get made. Well, now I think the nuances of, like, just gender, religion, yeah. religion gender, but I politics. But just, like, it would, like, a studio would see that as a hard sell even oh, now. Oh, like, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, Barbara is a legend. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But I think this kind of, like, opens your eyes into how she had to work like five times as hard and and even how she became one and how she became one yeah and like how she also kind of like stumbled into this role like they were casting fanny bryce and they like asked a lot of other people Mm -hmm. i was reading like they asked um carol burnett and she was like you have to cast someone jewish like i i would love to but i can't like yeah and there was like other people i don't remember who else was attached and barbara was like in this Broadway show that like was like a small show and an unknown and they like found her. Amazing. Like if they hadn't, yeah. we wouldn't have Barbara Streisand because even though she's the most talented, that's not how it works. It's not like the most talented people always like get I, the parts. If I was Carol Burnett, I'd be like, I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be Miss Hannigan. Yeah. And that's going to be, oh my God, <laughs> that's no. what I'm Carol Burnett for. gets her iconic role. Oh, for sure. But yeah. I'm, no, that's interesting to like. And that was, I think, when they were casting it for Broadway. But yeah, then. Okay. Because that's um, how. Yeah. That's how she started. And then. Yeah. So like Anne Bancroft was originally asked. Okay. And then like didn't like the score. So like dropped out. And then Carol Burnett was like, yeah, I'd love to do it. But you need a Jewish girl. And so options were running out and he remembered he saw Barbara Streisand in this like small play called I Can't Get It, Get it For You Wholesale. Oh. And was like, maybe her. I see that. And. In that. Yeah. And there you then have that's it. A, that history made. So it's. Yeah. I know Barbara in some of the interviews I was reading like really credits like Funny Girl as like the role of her life. And. That's amazing. What, like how she'll always be grateful for it. And. And. What a debut. Um, yeah, it's crazy that this is, like, her debut. Like, I can't even hmm. imagine. I, I can't think of another actress who's come out with such a bang. With, since. yeah, yeah. 
Um, I mean, I'm sure I there guess. are some, but I was going to say like Jennifer Lawrence, but like it was like Winter's Bone. She like didn't win. Gaga? It wasn't that iconic. I mean, well, but she was already a pop star. Yeah, yeah, no, for Which sure. Which I did read like an old article from like 2016 or something that was like rumors that Lady Gaga was going to star in a Broadway revival of Funny Girl. And I was like, well, she's not Jewish, but yeah. Um, okay. Interesting. In this article I was reading, she was saying that she was like not she like regrets the outfit she wore when she won her oscar and Re- i say oh. no way what because well, well, it was see-through <laughs> but it was so classy too and she was like i probably should have gone with a safer option no. i was like no it's iconic it's amazing it's everything yeah maybe i'm gonna do that for halloween <laughs> right oh my god I'm going to be Midsommar for Halloween. <gasps> I haven't seen it yet, but I oh, already... Oh, so yeah, good. We, we Honestly, I found it, it uplifting. Really? I mean... He's an interesting guy. The, it's the, definitely... It's the most... The worst gore I've ever seen on a screen. But I, ba- really, like... I, I just found it as, like, a woman who... Yeah. Had been through some shit finding a, a nice community... <laughs> That's cool. Not really. Like, not really a nice community. (laughs) But it's, like, sort of, like, the horror of it feels a little bit redeeming in a macabre kind of way. You know what? I can't give it away without spoiling. No, it's okay. But um, it's very good. I I enjoyed it. And I laughed legitimately multiple times, which I also (laughs) did during Hereditary, because there were parts of that movie that were funny. And this movie was the same. There were parts that were funny. Well, you watched Thoroughbreds recently, right? I just watched that, too. yeah. I liked it. I liked it too. I liked it. It was again also more kind of reminds me of the same energy as Midsummer, where you're like, I'm kind of rooting for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, (laughs) I'm rooting for this call. The end of of, um, Thoroughbred. So I was like, shit. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the end of Midsummer is also really intense. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's so good though. So yeah, I'm just gonna wear a flower crown and like cover myself in blood. Cool. I don't Uh, think I actually even would do the blood, but really just a flower crown and be like. I'm Midsommar. Here I am. I... <laughs> but you should do Barbara winning the Oscar. <laughs> so, finally, girl yes, girl no for funny girl. Girl yes. Obviously. Yeah. Such a hard girl yes. This movie yeah. is legendary, so culturally significant. It portrays women in a great way. I think the use of the word girl is interesting, like... Because she is, you know, seen as kind of young and naive. And it's based on the song Mm -hmm. that I think reflects that. Um, And at the time, I didn't find it as, like, infantilizing. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I mean, she still is, like, it's about a, it's like a coming of age story Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. So I think that it fits. Yeah. And I think it's just, like, a must watch for really everybody. I agree. I am not someone who's like, oh, I love old movies. You have to see the classics. But this is a real good one. And if you want to understand why people care about Barbra Streisand, like, watch this. (laughs) Listen to her belt. It's true. Singing. Delicious. But yes, Girl Yes. And um, And I think it was, like I said, ahead of its time. I found the humor really fresh. I found the themes really fresh. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It was a. Fun Holds up. and profound movie to watch. Yeah. Holds up. Yes. All right. Yeah. So next week we are going to be talking about the book, Self-Help 
yeah, I don't phenomenon. Know. I don't really I've know much about it about other it. than I've seen it around at bookstores and on people's Instagrams. Mm-hmm. Um, called Girl Wash Your Face by, by Rachel Ra- Hollis. Yeah, Rachel Hollis, who's like a modern millennial self-help guru. So we're going to be reading that and seeing if, you know, we're washing our faces and uh-huh. if it helps us solve all of our problems. Listen, it's solved a couple problems for me, but... <laughs> washing your face? Listen, it does not because my face... Responds better when I leave it alone. You need to know what your face needs. Yeah. I finally figured it out. I try to use now all, that I'm in my 30s. I did like a 10-step skin care routine once, and then I got a huge set. Okay. And no. then I leave it, and it's generally okay. I I feel you. I've had quite the skin journey. Yeah. Maybe this will be... It's a personal skin journey. Everybody wash your face different. as needed for you <laughs> personally. But yeah, so I'm excited to dive into this yeah. and talk about... The self-help. self-help from the millennial generation. You know, it's not just Deepak Chopra anymore. Or Marianne Williamson. Williamson. <laughs> oh my God, I could talk about her for days. Listen, she was tight with Oprah for a minute. She was. She was, very much. She was, she was very like, well respected. Guru to the stars. Yeah. yeah. She like was hanging with Deepak Chopra. Yeah. But I have a whole thing about him too. My favorite tweet ever was him tweeting, I enjoy being mean. I feel that on a personal level. You just. Anyways, that's the self help I need. I, I need. I need. If this book doesn't give me that, then I need early two thousand from me. Yeah, self help. I'm on that woo woo tip. Like, I want to know about my third eye. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know about trans and what is it? Transcendental meditation. <laughs> yes. I want to know Ayurveda. Yeah. I want to know all these things. I got that, but um, I feel my hunch is that it's not that tone again i don't really no, know i much. think it's like the same kind of principles but like put into the format of like an instagram meme that chloe kardashian would share okay that's at least okay. my impression where it's like if I, men aren't good to you mm-hmm. then maybe they should look in the mirror instead of you looking in the mirror I think <laughs> something like that. I would not be surprised. But I, we'll see. It says Rachel exposes the twenty lies and misconceptions that too often hold us back from living joyfully and productively. Ooh, I can't wait to see what those lies and misconceptions it's are. Easy and if they're 20. New, if they're new to me, because I feel like they're all gonna be things I've heard before. And if I actually think they're lies and misconceptions. So I'm this pumped. is gonna be fun. This I'm actually fun. really looking forward yeah. to this. So if you haven't read the book Ugh, I'm reading about <laughs> maybe like follow her on Instagram, get familiar. And listen, or even if you like, read the book and you you can, and if you haven't you read the book it. and you know nothing about it, that's okay because we're yeah. gonna tell you. We're gonna give you what you need to know from the self help book if it's actually helpful. Yeah, you'll you just need us. Go into it and then you can decide if you want to read it from there. Cool. So you're welcome. Can't wait. All right. Later. Funny. Bye. Did you hear that? Honey. Yeah, the guy said, honey, you're a funny girl. That's me, I just keep them in stitches.
Thanks for listening to Only Girls. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Only Girls Pod. And if you have a suggestion or just want to say hi, email us at onlygirlspod at gmail.com or call us at 903-35-GIRLS. You can find me, Natalia Rodas, on Instagram at Natalia Jane Rodas and Twitter at OnataliaJane. And you can find me, Sarah Gorman, on Instagram at Sarah Gorman and Twitter at the Sarah Gorman and on Etsy at thesmashshop.etsy.com. All right. Bye. When the laugh is over and the joke's on you Have a sense of humor That's one thing You really need for sure When you are girl The fella said a fun